With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here on this Friday, TGIF. You know, when people say TGIF, I know what it stands for. Thank God it's Friday. You know what I think of? I think of the old school TGIF. You know, I'm talking about Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Step by Step, Boy Meets World. It's kind of mixing them there together because that was a long running uh, series of television. That's what I think of TGIF. But I digress. We're here talking Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you found us in some way, shape, or form. All that I ask that you do right now is wherever you're listening, whatever app you're using, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Play, you name it, follow us, especially if you like the content. That way you never miss an episode because not only do you have the Let's Ride podcast every morning this week. Next week, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But not only will you have Let's Ride in the morning waiting for you, but you'll have our afternoon shows as well, and you don't want to miss those either. They're broken down into two parts, 30 minutes. Every single thing we put on there is basically 30-minute segments. So if you can't listen to a full hour, you just listen to the first part, listen to the second part later. All right, it's simple. So that's all we ask that you do. So on this Friday, I thought, you know what? People always say that the off-season is list season, meaning this is when websites like BehindTheSteelCurtain.com will be struggling to find news because there's not a lot of news, or you hope there's not a lot of news. I always said that in the off-season, if you have big news, there's typically big problems. That means some player got arrested, some players got suspended, whatever the case may be. So if there's not a lot of news, you create a list. The top five free agent pickups, or the worst free agent pickups or the top five first round picks to wear number 11. I don't know. That sounds like a Brian Anthony Davis article, not to cut on Brian. I just think that's, he has a mind for that type of stuff. Anyways, I said, let's do a list. Let's do a list. So I started thinking about five, top five, something top five, five, five. Hmm. What was you? I'm thinking about what, what's unique about this year. We're entering 2020. Like what's unique. Ah, training camp is totally different. Everyone that has been to St. Vincent College in Latrobe knows how awesome it is to be there, to sit on the hillside or sit at Chuck Knoll Field and just watch the games, watch the scrimmages, watch practice, and you definitely get a feel for the team. But that's not happening this year. The National Football League, due to coronavirus, COVID-19, said, no, no, everyone is staying in their home facility. And so now the Steelers have moved to Heinz Field. Pretty unique setup, by the way. I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but they're giving players uh, like for instance, they're trying to limit them being real close to each other in the locker rooms for obvious reasons. So they're giving a lot of players like the luxury suites to use as kind of like their own little locker room. Like Joe Hayden was on his Instagram account. He was showing everyone. It's pretty crazy how they're up there in the suites and they've got bathrooms. They have everything that you would ever need right there. At their fingertips. So they're utilizing Heinz field 
And I mean, they're utilizing Heinz Field. They've got weight equipment in the concourse area. It's like a giant weight room. They're using all four locker rooms. That's Pitt's home locker room, the Steelers' home locker room, and both away locker rooms. And like I said, they're using those suites as well. They're being very smart about it. But my gosh, if this is just everything about this 2020 season in this year, to be honest with you, just screams odd and different. And so I thought, okay, what are five things that fans will miss? about the traditional training camp because even though the players are at camp and veterans just arrived, it's just so different. And for instance, today, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday, Mike Tomlin spoke to the media and he said, you know, they just had a meeting with veterans, but the rookies and the new, the new guys were undrafted free agents and things of that nature. They watched, uh, virtually from home. So that means while Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster were sitting in the meeting room, Chase Claypool and Anthony McFarland were watching from their apartments on a computer. It's just different. It's just different. It doesn't mean it's bad all the time. It just means it's different. So I thought, let's do five things, five things that fans will miss. All right, number one, and this is not in any order of importance. These are just five things. I don't think one is more important. So one of them is obvious. It's not as visible. Okay. The camp camp battles unfolding. Uh, the fact that there's no preseason game, it's just not as visible, period. I know that for a fact, like I haven't been to camp in a long time. It was really cool to be on Twitter and to follow someone like Chris Carter, who used to write for Behind the Steel Curtain now with DK Pittsburgh Sports, been with DK for about six years now. He would be live at Latrobe and tweeting what's going on, giving his personal take. Mason Rudolph, boy, does he look sharp today. Devlin Hodges is really turning heads with his ball placement and his ability to command the huddle. Little things like that. It's just not as visible. Now, thankfully, unlike some of the other sports that have already come back during this pandemic, the NFL has said that they are going to have reporters on site. So we still will get some of that once they start padded practices in in about ah, a couple weeks. Once they start doing that, we're going to see some more insider things. But it's just not as visible. You're not going to see those camp battles play out in front of your very eyes. You're not going to sit there and think, okay, man, this is something I really want to watch in the preseason. I know a lot of people hate preseason games, and I know the players really hate them. But ultimately, they had a lot of importance. People that say the preseason is worthless don't realize that the coaching staff has to really evaluate their team. And a lot of times, these training camp battles are actually broken down based on how players play during the preseason games. Well, there are none this year. So you think about some of the battles coming into camp that we're just not, we're just not going to get to see. Whether it's Zach Banner and Chooks Okora for a right tackle. That's assuming they keep Matt Filer at left guard. Paxton Lynch and Devlin Hodges battling out for the third quarterback spot. JT Barrett was released, so he's no longer in the mix. Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton vying for possibly that nickel role. I mean, Mike Hilton has definitely been that guy, but maybe Sutton comes in and plays extremely well and shows that he can do something. There's more than just these three, but it just goes to show you that we're just not getting to see it. And that's disappointing. I understand it. I'm not crying over spilled milk, but it's just different. And so for for the fans... And I speak to you as a fan. I don't have to hide my fanhood at Behind the Steel Curtain. I am a fan, just like you listening to this, are fans. And so as a fan, that's something I'm going to miss. And I know that you're going to miss it too. Because without the visibility, 
You're not going to get to see things unfold without preseason games. It's definitely not going to be as evident. It becomes very clear who's going to win these battles, especially when you talk about Lynch versus Hodges, because when you're out there as a quarterback, you're either making the throws, you're making the plays, or you're not. When you talk about Zach Banner and Chuksa Korafor, it's pretty obvious. And they're, yeah, I even liked how Mike Tomlin would utilize these guys. Uh, I always remember how they would Mason Rudolph and Joshua Dobbs, you know, uh, week one, maybe Dobbs would get the start and Mason Rudolph would come in week two. Mason Rudolph would get the start. I loved all of all the things that had to do with that type of setup. Unfortunately, we're not going to see it. That was number one. Okay. Number two, I, I hate that. You're not going to see progress. You're not going to see progress in players from start to finish. Think about the players that you can think of. Even a guy like Tuzar Skipper last year who comes in, who's kind of a relative unknown. And next thing you know, by the end of the preseason, he's every, everyone's talking about him. Mike Hilton was the same way. Go back a little further. Isaac Redman was that way. Where who, who is this guy? And they're playing so good that you can't, that you know they can't cut them. You know they can't try to stash them on a practice squad. They have to get them on their team. You're going to miss that progress. And so here are some players that I think fans are going to really miss out on. Are these players developing? Are they taking a step forward? Are they taking a step backwards? I mean, you have guys like Mason Rudolph. And I know that Tony Defeo wrote a great article for the site a few days ago that was based on the fact that Mason Rudolph, I think it was actually Monday, Mason Rudolph, his progress is not good. We hope is not going to be evident to anyone. And what does that mean? That means that basically Mason Rudolph could be exponentially better than what he was in 2019. But if Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy and there's no preseason, why would we ever see it outside of Mason Rudolph is having a good practice? And th- that could be a headline, but ultimately why would we ever know that Mason Rudolph has improved? And so this is, this is tough for coaches too. And think about the fact that Roethlisberger has one more year left on his contract and the team might want to know exactly what they have in him. And some people would say, well, we saw enough of him in 2019. I'm not disagreeing, but let's remember that in 2019, although Rudolph was in his second year, he was essentially a rookie. He never dressed for a game his rookie season, hardly got any practice reps. He was basically learning on the fly in year two. You're not going to get to see any type of progress, or we hope you don't get to see any type of progress, at least in the preseason we won't. Here's another player that really intrigues me that no one really talks about, Justin Lane. Now, Justin Lane is second-year cornerback out of Michigan State. He's currently on the COVID-19 injured reserve list, so I'm assuming he'll be back probably next week if I do my numbers correctly in my head in terms of how many days they're supposed to quarantine and then test negative and test negative again, and then they're back. He should probably be back with the team next week, but I want to see how he's developing because here's a guy that everyone said he's got all the skill sets. He's got the size. He's got the length. He's got the speed. He is one of your prototypical outside cornerbacks. Now he did say that he can play inside as well, but at this, you know, ultimately you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, if he could be outside and he could really be showing some progress, maybe that's the guy that's after Joe Hayden. We won't get to see that. We won't get to see that at all. Again, outside of a reporter saying Justin Lane looks good. And that, that's tough. That's really difficult for me. Here's another player. Marcus Allen. Bounced around practice squad, has made the roster. They keep him around for a reason. If Marcus Allen was awful, then there's no way, shape, or form that the Steelers would even have any interest in having him on an offseason roster. 
but they've kept him around for a reason. Is this a guy that could fill a role similar to like a Mark Barron last year? A guy that can play the down in the box? You know, all, th- these are questions that I would love to watch actually unfold in front of my very eyes. In the preseason, I used to like to watch these things, and I'm not, no one's going to get the opportunity to. Yes, I can't believe I said I'm going to miss preseason games so much. I'm not going to miss hearing Bob Pompiani on the play-by-play call, but at the same time, I'm going to miss watching the progress of these players. Here's some more. What about the new guys? What about the players who are brought in, whether it's Stefan Wisniewski, Eric Ebron, Derek Watt, or their six rookies? How do the rookies look? How's Chase Claypool looking? What about Anthony McFarland? What about Antoine Brooks? I, I could go through the whole laundry list of players. Alex Highsmith. How are they developing? Are they showing promise? Are they looking like they could actually make an impact? What's really awful about this, in my opinion, and we'll kind of round out this bullet point number two, the fan base, and we really are, we, we act like we deserve to be privy to this information, and we really don't, but at the same time, I look at this and say, it was really nice knowing that even if Alex Highsmith doesn't play much this year as an outside linebacker, let's say he's strictly a special teams demon for the Steelers, filling that role maybe of a Tyler Medikavich type. If that's all he is this year, that's fine. But in the preseason, at least we could look back and say, remember how he kind of, he turned some backups inside out. He showed some promise. He gave us a glimmer, a glimpse of what we can expect from him in the future as he continues to develop. We aren't going to get that. And that's disheartening. Again, I understand it. But at the same time, it's also one of those situations where like, man, this stinks. (laughs) It really, really, really does stink. But so there you have the first two that we covered here in case you're daydreaming or you're just joining us late. Camp battles unfolding. The first number one is that it's not going to be as visible. The second thing is that we're going to miss out on seeing a lot of progress. I told you I was going to give you five, and I am. The next three coming up right after this break. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here, your host at Let's Ride, and I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We already did the first two of the five things that fans are going to miss about this awkward and strange, different training camp in 2020, and the first one was it's not going to be as visible. The second one is that we're not going to get to witness progress with our own two eyes. And the third thing is news. News. My goodness, the news is just so weird. Again, if I, I've ran, I've I've been a part of Behind the Steel Curtain for at least the past seven seasons. Uh, I've been an editor in some way, shape, or form in the last six, going into my sixth season. It, you're so used to finding these articles that are written because we are not permitted at training camp out unless we're just going as fans. I'm so used to seeing, let's say it's Joe Rudder of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, just to throw out a name. Let's say Joe Rudder is waiting as the players are leaving practice at Latrobe. And all of a sudden, he sees Carlos Davis, seventh-round pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, coming up the hill. No one's asking for his autograph. He's had a really good camp. And Joe Rudder says, hey, Carlos, you got a minute? 
And he says, sure. And he goes over and he, and he gives him a, he gives him an interview. Well, you're not going to get that this year. Yeah. Because the reporters are not going to be allowed to be in that setting with them. And so fans would get to hear from this player that they're not going to get to hear from this year because now the Pittsburgh Steelers are handpicking who reporters get to interview. Again, I understand it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. There's a clear difference. I understand why they're doing it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that fans aren't going to miss all that stuff. So, for instance, this week, you heard from Mike Tomlin, Deontay Johnson, Vince Williams, Ben Roethlisberger, um, I believe Ike Hilliard, Matt Canada, coaching staff, you know, all these things. They're doing a great job of getting reporters and news outlets, people to be interviewed, but it's just not the same. And Zoom calls suck. I hate to use that word. My mom would yell at me when I would use that word as a kid. Choose a different word, she would say. Well, they stink then, mom. Sorry. They're awful because you have reporters that are not tech savvy and they're, you know, they might be a little older and they don't know how to take the mute off their microphone when it's their turn to ask a question. And they're asking, some are asking five questions. Some don't even get to ask a question because they can't figure out their technology. These Zoom calls are awful. Awful. I mean, just atrocious. You can't do anything about it. But at the same time, it's just the news is going to be missed. It's going to be missed from top to bottom. You're going to miss those post-game interviews where, let's say, Joe Hayden, think back to the New Orleans game in New Orleans two years ago. He gets called for those two bogus pass interference uh, calls. You're not going to get fans hearing from Joe Hayden. Why? Because if that were the same game that happened in 2020, there's no way the Steelers would put him in front of a camera and say, you got to answer questions. Instead, you're going to hear from Mike Tomlin, you'll hear from Ben Roethlisberger, or you'll hear from Cameron Hayward, and then they'll be on their way. And that's lousy. It's lousy for the fans. It's also lousy for the reporters and for people that run websites like myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, and Michael Beck. Just It's just the fact of the matter. So news this year is going to be sparse, and it's it's a shame, but that's number three. The news is not going to be very good. Fourth, fan experience. I want to say that it's well less than a third of the National Football League teams still actually traveled to a destination for training camp. That has become a, a dying breed of organizational thought in the National Football League. I know that living in Maryland, the Baltimore Ravens used to go to McDaniel College or Western Maryland, and then they stopped, and they decided to just stay at home. We're going to stay in Baltimore there giant castle Under Armour facility, which is really awesome driven by it. it looks phenomenal. But at the same time, the Steelers have always been super loyal to the town of Latrobe and to St. Vincent college. And a guy, a young, I say a kid, a, young, a guy that I used to coach actually went to St. Vincent on a lacrosse scholarship. And he actually, he's a Ravens fan, but he worked the Steelers camps and he was always over there with the players. He was driving the golf carts around, said that the guys couldn't have been nicer that it was such a cool organization, the way that they came in. And it's just an awesome experience. You get kids that get their very first autograph. Uh, You get people that you get that up close and personal look of players. Uh, It's just second to none. It's so intimate there that I just, you, you can't duplicate it. And again, I don't expect them to try to duplicate it. There was actually talk a couple months ago 
that the Steelers at Heinz Field were still going to try and do a fan fest event at Heinz Field and just have everyone spread out, only accept certain number of tickets, and you could just watch practice, but you can't be on top of one another. Well, clearly, Allegheny County put the kibosh on that really quick, and that's not going to happen this year. I would be stunned if it did. And so the fan experience this season in terms of the training camp is zero. None. That's it. And so that's missing. That's really missing. You hear these stories. We 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 ran a an article a couple years ago on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it was a story series where we wanted to pick the best story that a Steeler fan had, and it could be any story. And we had stories about father sons going to Green Bay and watching the game at Lambeau in the snow. We had stories of uh, I remember it was a fan fest or something like that where a, a a young man was standing there by a door and the door opens up and it's Dan Rooney and Dan Rooney doesn't just close the door and leave. He sits and talks with them for about 15 to 20 minutes and then goes back into the door that he came out of and leaves really cool stories. But I would say that 75 to 80% of those stories were written and we had a lot of submissions were about Latrobe and were about St. Vincent college and were about whether it was them or a son or a daughter that got to meet Ben Roethlisberger, that Ben Roethlisberger or someone like Fast Willie Parker or Heinz Ward or Troy Polamalu literally stayed after practice for hours working their way up the hill, signing every single autograph. And every time they stopped, they didn't just sign it and move on. They had a conversation. They were actually interested in that individual that they were interacting with at that time. They were there both physically and mentally win that moment. And that's, that's a shame that we're not going to have that this year. Said it a million times this episode. I get it. Not hating on it, not saying it's a bad decision. I'm just saying it's something that the fans are going to miss. So that's four to recap real quick. Number one was the fact that the preseason is not going to be as visible. That includes training camp. Number two, we're not going to get to see the progress. Number three, the news is definitely going to be different and it's going to change. Number four, the fan experience. And then lastly is it's not just going to be a focus on football anymore, at least not this year. And I'm not sure if it's ever going to be a focus on just football anymore. I mean, you think about the difference. You would go into camp and there would be 90 players and those 90 players would be giving it everything that they had, everything they had for a month preseason games, traveling, killing each other in drills, literally just scratching and clawing their way to try and get a roster spot. I mean, just like you can see it on their faces, even in pictures and videos that they are doing everything within their ability to make an impression. Backs on backers drills, you got guys just colliding like two colossal giants and they're just trying to make an impression on Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin. And when Mike Tomlin shows up at the drill and he's watching and he's barking out orders and everything, everyone can hear it. And the pods are, the pads are popping, man, that was all football. That's all it was, was the focus on football. And now it's not. Now you have the COVID-19 stuff. I mentioned Justin Lane is on the COVID-19 reserve list. James Washington, Jalen Samuels are also on the list. I mean, it's yet Arian Springs who was on the list, gets off the list and gets cut just like that. And talk about a crazy 24 hours, but still that's, this is the, this is the 2020 NFL season. 
you're having this expanded practice squad. And so now that that was one of our biggest articles of the year was whenever the Steelers would make the cut down, whether it was from 90 to 53, or remember when they used to cut, they had two cuts from 90 to 75 and then 75 to 53. Whatever the cuts were made, who gets signed to the practice squad was always the one of the biggest articles of the year. Why? Because all these people would fall in love with these players, these fringe players. And they would say, we know that they're not good enough to make the team, but man, we really want them to stay within the organization. Let them stay, let them learn, let them come back next year and be better and let them come back and be a a superstar eventually. Now, more often than not, that never happens. Uh, yeah, there are those James Harrison types that get cut and they bounce around, and then all of a sudden they turn into a defensive player of the year. That's not the norm. But still, now you have these expanded practice squad roles, rightfully so, because if a player tests positive for COVID-19 upwards of 90 minutes before the game, that means when they have to list their inactive list, they can make a roster move. And so these practice squad players are going to be traveling with them. There there's certain spots where in terms of seasons, accrued does not matter. They can actually carry some veterans on that list. But again, it's just different. It's not, it's not what we're used to. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but the focus isn't just on football. Like for instance, on Thursday, Mike Tomlin said, and we ran this article, I wrote it for the website he's just not extremely confident in the fact that the season's going to happen based on what major league baseball has done. Well, if you don't know what baseball has done, baseball has basically had issues with two teams and mainly two teams, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Florida Marlins, and they're struggling just to keep their head above water. Now I do think the NFL is going to learn from that. I think they're going to be smarter than them. And the players are definitely getting the message that if you want to have a season, if you want to have, your full paychecks and you want to get paid for 16 games. We have to have 16 games and there's a lot of money on the line, but those five things, man, am I going to miss everything about it? Again, I'm going to miss not watching the visibility. And even if it's just a, a, a cell phone video of a drill or a cell phone video of a deep pass down the sideline to Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just not going to be as visible. I'm going to miss those camp battles that we would see right in front of our very eyes in the preseason. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss reading and seeing progress of players, players like Mason Rudolph, Justin Lane, Marcus Allen that I mentioned earlier. That's going to be a big deal for me. And you might be sitting there saying, Jeff, I don't care about this stuff. Let's just play the games. Well, to each their own. You're entitled to your own opinion. That's what's great about this country. And sadly, a lot of people don't realize that, but it's still okay to do. We're okay. It's okay to agree to disagree. But I'm going to miss the fact that news is going to change so much. Everyone's getting the same players. Everyone's getting the same sound bites. Everyone's getting the same quotes. Everyone's getting the same transcripts. And so because of that, you're getting a lot of regurgitated information. As someone that runs a site, then it turns into a race. It turns into, well, if we're all writing the same story, whoever's first is going to catch that wave first. And that's not always the best way to handle things, but that's the world we live in right now. And news is changing, and that's definitely something I'm going to miss. The fan experience, up close and personal at Latrobe. You talk about autographs. You talk about the the fan experience of being able to kick footballs, throw footballs. They have all that stuff the goofy idiot mascot, Steely McBeams walking around, scaring the crap out of kids. But Hey, that's part of the fan experience. I guess. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And lastly, the focus just right now, isn't solely on football. 
it isn't solely on football. I'm not sure. Yeah, I understand why it's not solely on football, but it's a shame that it's not. It was fun. It was a getaway. And I hope that continues to be the case for you. Right now, to kind of sum up the show and to wrap things up for this week, I hope that if you're thinking about things and you're skeptical, if you're thinking about the upcoming season and you think it's just not worth it, if you're thinking about, well, I mean, there's bigger fish to fry, I get it. I really do. But at the same time, if you want to use sports as an outlet, if you want to use sports as a way to kind of get your mind off of some of the negativity that's going on in our country, in our world right now, then that's what I do. That's my job. My job as a podcaster with this show and all of our podcasting crew, that's Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, Michael Beck, Jeffrey Benedict, Tony Defio, um, and others. That's our job is to, to kind of give you a little bit of a distraction, an audio distraction. So on the way to work, instead of listening to the news, maybe you listen to us. On the way home, you listen to us. Uh, in terms of written form, I mean, we're going to be giving you 12 to 14 articles a day probably. And some of those articles are podcast articles or links articles, but ultimately we're going to give you that content. And so with that said, if if you want to use it, it's there. If you want to use it, it's there. If you say saying that there's more important things out there, Jeff, I just can't worry about football. I get it. Totally get it. Not going to fight you. Not going to argue at all. But I hope that if you want to use it, that's what we're doing. That's our job. So with that said, I want to remind everyone that next week I'll be back, but on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday basis. So here's the layout of the morning shows. On Monday, I'll be back. Let's ride. Tuesday, Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defio will be here for the Steelers retro show. I'm actually excited to listen to this one because th those two guys talk about old Steelers teams, whether it's back in the 70s or the, the lost 80s, as I call it, or the 90s, or maybe even the earlier 2000s. They're going to talk about their favorite players, their stories, you name it. It'll be really entertaining. Wednesday, you got me again. Thursday, the old show, the Steelers Stat Geek will be back. Sometimes it'll be Dave and Big Bro Rich, or maybe it's just Dave. It's just going to be straight up numbers, folks. If you listen to my show on Stefan Tuit on Thursday, I talked about stats. That's nothing compared to what he's going to bring to the table. So make sure you check that out. And then Friday, I'll round out the week with another Let's Ride. I really hope you enjoyed this week of podcasts. We changed the platform. We altered things. We added this morning show. We added the studio feel to it. I really hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. So with that said, I hope you come back next week. I hope you follow us over the weekend. We'll still be adding uh, podcasts, not two, just one. So make sure that you're checking out our podcast feed wherever you listen to your podcast at Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Follow us. And if you listen on iTunes, by the way, give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the content and give us a good comment because it actually does help with exposure. If someone goes into iTunes and searches Steelers podcast, we want ours to be the first one there, and that's how that helps. All right, folks, that's it. That's a wrap for Let's Ride Week 1. I hope you enjoyed it like I said I did. We will see you on Monday. Be, stay, be safe. Gosh, be safe. Stay sane. I need to do that, and we'll see you.